0: Hello and welcome to the Get Transformed podcast of Transformation Christian Fellowship. We are so excited that you're tuning in and we hope that you will be empowered and transformed by the word of God. wealth in God's way. My prayer is that by the end of this series that we'll be become better stewards of our funds and position ourselves for generational wealth. Last week we talked about God's view on money. This week I'm going to talk to you, when we talk about seeing money in God's way, God is not against wealth, God is wealthy himself. How can God be against something that he is? I just thought about that the other day. Everybody wants to talk about, God wants us to not have, not, a, he want us, he wants us to create. He says, I give you the power to create wealth, not to seek wealth. Those are two different things. We ought to seek him as we create. Yeah. God, I'm crazy. We we'll to seek Him as we create. Now, my encouragement to you is to seek God. He doesn't want us to seek fame, fortune, and all of that. He want us to seek Him. And as we create and um, and what He's given us the ability to do, all of that stuff will follow. It could be byproducts of it if you just seek Him. See, we got wealth all twisted. We tell people, God wants you to be, you know, live meager and all of this stuff like that. No. God wants us to live in humility. Put that in Put that in the check, say seek him. Seek him as we create. Seek him as we create. Now I want you to have your uh, notes out because I want you to be ready to take some notes. I wanna be really brief, I'm not gonna be long, I'm telling you. Um, I don't have a base scripture, I have a series of scriptures that is gonna provide biblical support and a, uh, biblical support for the things that we're about to say. All right? This week, we're talking about five principles to managing money. Lord knows I need all five. Amen. <laughs> and we're doing all right, my wife and I, but we got a long ways to go. Amen. So I'm not talking to you like we've fully comprehended. We all learning this together. Amen. I'm not talking to you like I'm some guru. That's why we got somebody coming in this Tuesday, Shauna. Um, Shauna, This is a little background. Shauna worked with us back in, I believe, late 2017. It was late 2017 when she worked with us. Um, She was really good, um, very knowledgeable, and I believe she will be a help to us. That's why you need to be on, because we're providing money talks all year long so that we can position ourselves, y'all. Come on now. We can't give the word of the Lord say with God telling us to position us get in position and we still stuck trying to figure things out. No, we, that's why you got to be available. That's why you got to search out. And that's why we're bringing people in so that our church can benefit and that the people of God can benefit and be a great resource. Amen. So let's do this. Let's get into it. Uh, let's go to Proverbs 17, verse 16. Again, it's not a base scripture. It's just something that I want to start off with first. Proverbs chapter 17, verse 16. On your screens, it's ready for you. It says, Of what use is money in the hand of a fool? Since he has no desire to get wisdom. Let's read this all together. If you're in your homes, TCF Nation, if you're in your homes, let's read it all together. Of what use is money in the hand of a fool? since he has no desire to get wisdom. I want to give that scripture as our base point when we're talking about, because when we're talking about five principles, we're talking about something that these are universal principles. God has a lot of principles in his, in the word of, there's so many principles in the word of God that it can work for people that are not believers because it's a universal principle. It's a universal principle. So if it works, if other people can use the things of God and benefit, why can't we? And so many of us, Lord, Lord, let me just hit the lottery. I just believe God. And Lord Jesus, let me. I mean, I've played the lottery before, just for fun. <laughs> oh my God! I can't believe Pastor B said that. Stop! Stop being a hypocrite. We know you played. Dream about what you do. You know, my wife always says, you know, if I won this, I'll do this, i do, do that. Everybody got, everybody got plans what they would do with the money. Everybody. Yeah. Even Pastor Brandon. <laughs> That's the me, I got big plans. like, no. <laughs> Everybody, don't, don't let nobody make you feel bad because you played the lottery. <laughs> Some people do it, you know. Do I encourage it all the time? No, if it's making you broke. Yeah, that's right. And that's where your hope is, then you're wrong. But listen, the song, the, the, the proverb here, Solomon says, what does it mean for you to have money? What does it mean for a fool to have money? Because <laughs> guess what? You know what happens to most people who won the lottery and most people who've came into fortune overnight statistics will show you how most of them have squandered it within two years. There's a whole show ladies and gentlemen called, you know, talked about those who won the lottery and seeing where they are now. There are some people who blew through all of that money within a year because what does it mean to give a fool money who has no desire for wisdom? I heard Bishop Bronner say this past week, there's three currencies. There's, there's three currencies. There's the brain. <laughs> there's money. <laughs> That's a currency. And I think, what, he, what else did he say? And time. He said, time, money, and again, this is Bishop Bronner. That man is wise. Bishop Bronner said this. I loved it. I was like, woo, this is going to work. He says, listen, if you don't got the time, then use your money and your resource <laughs> to pay somebody else. So that could do so, so that could uh, re, uh, relieve you in certain areas, but if you got no, if you got knowledge and time but no money, then go out and <laughs> get money. But the, here's the problem: a lot of people don't understand is that you can be knowledgeable, have the time. I mean, you can have money and and have time, but if you're not knowledgeable, then you'll squander it. Yeah. So the truth of the matter is, ladies and gentlemen, is that a lot of us we want money. We want God to bless us with more, and we can't manage. And we can't manage. the prob- If you're going to do it well, right, you have to have wisdom on what to do with the money. Yeah. That's why a lot of people sometimes squander their inheritance, because they didn't use the money properly. They didn't know how to have this thing called money work for them. Your money has to work for you. So you need the wisdom on how to manage. So let's do this. Let's get to it, and let's get to it. The Super Bowl Sunday. I don't want to be long. Let's go. Principle one. The law of uh, contentment. Here is the problem. Let's put that on the screen right there. Principle number one, the law of contentment. This is the first money-managing principle that you have to understand. It's the law of contentment. That means is that A lot of times people will lose money because they're not content. You have to learn how to be content. If you're not content, then I'm telling you, you're going to get yourself in some uh, debt. You're going to get yourself in debt. You're going to, and and you don't understand that with the law of contentment is reminding yourself that God owns it all. You have to be content with that. You will never own it all. See, a lot of times, here's the problem with this principle that you have to understand about money is if that you're not content, you'll rob yourself of time. A lot of people then chase the bag so much that they've neglected their families because they were never content with what was in their bank account. Millions of dollars, but I'd rather be content in doing something else than to be with my family. Chasing the bag. Well, I'm doing this for them, but guess what? As you're doing it for them, you're losing them in the process. You don't even know your kids. While doing that in the process, a lot of people have marriages, have failed because of the lack of contentment. See, there's a difference between stagnation and being content. You have to understand that. Stagnation is not contentment. God is not asking us to be stagnant. He's asking us to be content. That means to be whole. You got to understand that you have to be like the Apostle Paul in Philippians 4 verse 12. It says, I know what it is to be in need and I know what it is to have plenty. I've learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. So when you're not content, you can do things out of desperation. So let me give you an example in the te- in, in terms of money. A lot of times people are not content and it's just letting your money sit. And like let's say for instance in a stock, sometimes you gotta let the thing sit. So that you can see, so that you can see it. Or there's people, this is how people fall for scams. Especially this Instagram scam that's out there when people hit up your thing and talk about they can turn your $10 into $20,000. Yeah. First of all, and they prey on the fact that you're not content because, ooh, this is greed. I got to make some money. And they steal your information because that shows a lack of contentment. Yeah, oh, You get what I'm saying? You have to be content. You have to understand and ask God to reveal what money really means to you. What does it really mean? What does it mean to you? Psalm 51 verse 6 says, surely your desire, you desire truth in the inner parts. You teach me wisdom in the um, inmost place. Does money, what does money symbolize for you? Does it symbolize security? Does it symbolize significance, independence, a means to helping others, self-worth, status, or power? Because whatever it symbolizes to you will show how content you'll be. Mm-hmm. If money is acting as a master, you'll never be content. Yeah. yeah. If Let's put that in the chat. If money is your master, you will never be content. And the enemy preys on your uh, on your on on your innermost desire because the truth is is that you're really not content of where you are in life. You get what I'm telling you. So we have to understand Philippians uh, Philippians four nineteen says, "My God will meet all my needs uh, according to His glorious riches in Christ Jesus." And so when I'm content. I'm, I'm learning how to rest in the assurance of my God's love to uh, that no matter where I am financially, God is able to provide. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Amen. Let's move on to principle number two. Principle number two, we want to talk to you about. So the law of contentment. Now we want to talk about the law of self-control. Yeah. Oh, help the law of self-control. One of the fruits of the Spirit is self control. Help us, Lord. Let's be honest. Pastor B needs help in this particular area when it comes down to food. <laughs> help us. Colossians 3, verse 5, it says Put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to your earthly nature, evil desires and greed, which is idolatry. This is abbreviated, but this is what it says. Got to put those things to lust. I mean, excuse me. You got to put those things to to death. You have to put those things to death. You have to have self-control. Now, hear me. You cannot have self-control apart from the Holy Spirit. Because one of the byproducts of the spirit living inside of you is self-control. On this Valentine's weekend, some people need to be practicing self-control. I know you hear me out there. I know you're watching. Self-control. If you don't want your life to get out of control, you need to be practicing self-control. And the people of God in the chat said, amen. Amen. (laughs) If you don't want your life to turn upside down, self-control. But this is really important when it comes down to managing finances. You need to, you need, in order for you to have self-control, you have to set, you have to set goals with your money. Are you get what I'm saying? That means that you need to make it your goal to counsel with someone who has financial self-control. You need to make it your goal to follow God's plan to, for your finances, because believe it or not, God has a plan for every facet of your life. Everything of your life, God has a plan for. He has the whole plan. He has a plan with your money. And if you follow that plan, it's not saying that you'll be rich, but it is saying that you'll be well. You'll be well. You know, you will know how to live. And a lot of people don't have self-control, and so they live above their means. And there's people who make great money. But guess what? You working crazy overtime and all of this stuff because you don't have self-control. Because you really don't have no money if you're if you're if you're spending above what you're getting. You get what I'm saying? Trying to keep up with the Joneses trying to because you're not content, I got to make sure they know I got plenty of cash. Why is it that we got to make people know that you got money? <gasps> Why do we care so much about, listen, I got money. What what does it mean? There's some millionaires who don't even drive certain things that we pray to drive. There was one story that my brother told me that he was in college, a whole millionaire, driving a Honda Accord. A Honda Accord! And you would think that because this man got so much money, he would be living lavishly. But guess what that showed me like wait a second. he has nothing to prove that's right. because when you know who you are, that's you don't have to try to prove yourself and go broke. That's right. Are you hearing what I'm saying? You have to practice self-control. you got to make it your goal to follow God's plan and we got to make it our goal to become wise with the money he entrusts to you because the money's not yours. It belongs to God, and God allows us to, uh, God gives us the means. He's the blesser of it. Are you getting what I'm saying? We got to practice self-control. 2 Corinthians 5, 9 says, we make it our goal to please him, whether we are at home, in the body, or away from it. The way that, let me tell you something, the way you steward your finances honors God. And when we, ladies and gentlemen, do not display self-control, we do not honor God. I was joking with my wife yesterday. We were in Tyson's Corner. And those of you, you may not live in the Merlin area, but we were in the Northern Virginia area. And so this mall, Tyson's Corner, y'all, let me just explain it, man. That's a nice mall. Yeah. A lot of nice things. People who are wealthy is in that mall, all right? And so <laughs> there was a whole line uh, at the Louis Vuitton store, and I joked with my wife. I said, hey, you want, you want, a, Louis, you want a Louis bag? <laughs> Let's blow the savings. Let's go and get you. <laughs> I was just playing. I was not serious. But what I'm saying is that you see people getting in lies doing stuff that they can't afford on this Valentine's Day. Let me help somebody, brothers and sisters. Let me tell you something. Don't you be going broke if you don't have it? That's right. You have to exercise self-control. Because guess what? When we do not store our finances well, you're not honoring God. That's what you got to remember. You have to stand on the truth when tempted to make unwise financial decisions. You got to stand on the truth and say, you know, you. let me tell you something. Most people, you know you hear the Holy Spirit in the store. Or you know you hear the Holy Spirit at home. You need to cook. You got food in the house, Brandon. You don't need to do, you don't need the DoorDash. You don't need the Uber Eats. You don't need to do that. You hear it, but you, you want what you want. And the problem is wanting what you want sometimes can put you in a place of not exercising self-control and making unwise decisions. And when you're in tax season, which we're in now, you look and see how much money that you spend out on food alone and say, my God, that's four, $5,000. Where did I get that money? Where did I get that money? If you only exercise self-control, are you hear what I'm saying? Know that Christ has freed you from the bondage of sin. That means what is the sin? The sin of greed. See, people don't talk about this when it comes down. God didn't just just deliver people from the from lust and deliver people from addictions and all of that stuff. God delivered people from greed. Yeah, that's true. Every sin imaginable, He delivered us from. Anything you could think of, He freed you from the bondage of that. Greed comes from God comes from our lust to want more and chasing the dollar or the digital currency. Know that Christ, you are dead to sin. So guess what? You are dead to that, so that you have to live by the spirit so that self-control can really take effect in your life. Romans 6.6, it says, we know that our old self was crucified with him so that the body of sin may, might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves to sin. No longer slaves to sin, no longer slaves to greed, no longer slaves to that. We should, in idolatry, that should not be, we should not hold those things as an idol. And when we when we see ourselves dead to that, we can, we can- that's when we're really exercising self-control. Are you hearing what I'm saying? We're exercising self-control when we are- understand that we're dead to sin. And that sin is greed and and, and gluttony and all of those things. He's saying, listen, you're dead to that. So now live by this way. And when you live by this way, you'll see the fruit of the spirit, the byproduct. And the byproduct of the fruit of the spirit of self-control is in your body, in your physical body, and also in your bank account. Lord Jesus, help thy serve in the mercy of grace. Are you getting what I'm saying? When you act, when you use the, when you allow yourself to be dead to those things, you will see the result physically and in your bank account. See, you got to see, see, this is what you need to see. God has done this so he can minister to the whole person, the whole person. Are you get what I'm saying? Law three, let's move on. This is the law of stewardship. As I told you last week, the way God views money is that we're stewards over what he's given us. We are stewards. We are stewards. You and I own nothing of our own, believe it or not. Everything we have is God has given it to us. Yeah, I know you worked hard. Yes, I know that. But guess what? God has allowed you to do it. God has given you the ability to do it. God, everything you have is all God's. Everything is all God. Your house, God. The land, God. The money in your account, God. Everything you have, you are only a steward over. The earth is God's. The universe is God. Everything is God's. Everything that you can think of, God owns it. It's all his. Your breath, if it's clean, it's his. Because your breath stink is unholy. It's not acceptable (laughs) unto God. (laughs) Everything you have is God's. Your hands, your, your 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 brain, everything is God's. You and I own nothing. This body that we have, the whole thing, it's not yours. Because guess what? It goes back to the ground in which it was created. It. Your spiritual body, still not yours. God gave that to you. Everything that you can think of is God's. So that means if he owns it all, then he gives it to us to manage. Yes, sir. He gives it to us to manage. Matthew 25, verse 23. It says, just what Jesus says. His master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. Again, this is the parable of the talents, and there were two of them who got it. Two of them, two of the servants, got was pleased. The master was pleased by them, but one of them didn't use anything. Didn't store it well. He hid it. Mm -hmm. Didn't do right by it. Let me tell you something. You have to learn how to manage your money and manage it well. That's a part of it, too. It's not just... It's in using all of what God has placed in you to create, create it, create. Well, I've given you the power to create it. You can do that. That's what you can do. But here's what the problem is. People fall. They don't steward it well. You need to understand this and you need to recognize that you are accountable to God and how you spend your money. Accountability means knowing exactly what comes in, knowing exactly what comes out, knowing exactly where it goes means budgeting, knowing how to save regardless of your income, knowing how to put your money to work for you, safe investment planning, knowing how to plan your future, retirement planning, knowing when and where to give money to God and to others. Return the first tenth of your earnings to God. This must be a commitment. This is stewarding your money well. Stewarding your money well, ladies and gentlemen, is knowing exactly what comes in. My wife and I just did this about a week or two ago planning our budget and stuff like that and setting up certain things for life insurance policies that we're trying to, that we're looking and researching into. Um, and then there's, I mean, from what I hear there's life insurance policies that you can some sometimes borrow from as well. Then there's uh, different investment plans that I know you got a, 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 a retirement account with your job, but have something, have another account, a retirement. Don't just, don't just depend on the job's retirement. You're going to need it. Certain retirement plans, if you get something outside, one of the things, uh, God rest my grandfather, but he was a, he was a planning man. He knew, that brother knew how to steward some money. I'm telling you, he kept, a, he kept a record of who did what. <laughs> that brother was frugal when it came down to money. He knew it. He saved money. He Let me tell you something. There was nothing, when when, when he passed, there was nothing that you had to guess. That thing was written down to the letter. That's that. that was written down to the letter. I was like, i inspired to do that. He didn't just have one life, he had multiple stuff. He had different things in line. What I'm saying is, is that we gotta understand like, cause what happens with your job? What happens if you lose it? You gotta have things outside. Backup plans, Yeah. you get what I'm saying? You gotta have certain things in line and that's how your family is able to still be well. That's being a steward. When you leave out of here and your family don't gotta want for nothing, because you didn't already put things in place. Your family don't got to go on Facebook saying, hey, this is a GoFundMe. We don't have no money to bury them. That's a poor manager. I'm sorry. Yes. That's poor management. Because now, not only do you got to deal with grief, then you got to deal with the fact, oh, my gosh. We got to figure out where that." that's too much stress. Yeah. People don't understand that. Well, I'm dead and gone. I don't care. Well, that's wrong. That's wrong because you put unnecessary stress. We already got to grieve your loss. Then you making me grieve the loss of some money in my account. Yeah. Yeah. Ouch. True. Now I'm not just crying over you. I'm crying over my account. And that my friend is not right. And the church said, Amen. 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 (laughs) <laughs> I'm serious about this. I will not, I will not, I will not. TCF, you hear it now? If you, When he comes around, if something happens to you, you better have, the people from TCF, you better have your stuff together because Pastor Brandon taught this. Driving it down to the letter, if something happened to you and I hear the fact that you didn't do anything, I said, my God. Yeah, like and then many people depend on the church. Well, the church, the church should help me do this. The church should help to do that. What do you mean? The church, we've we got to help you manage your money? That's your decision. <laughs> that's why I'm preaching to help us. Yeah. Help all of us. Teaching this because we got to get our affairs in order. Jesus. Now, that's being a steward. Yeah. Now, let's move on. The law of giving. Principle number four, the law of giving. Mm-mm-mm. Let me tell a story. I was a young boy in church. I grew up in church all my life. And um, the offering time was a very interesting time for me as a young boy. Very very interesting time. Um, you know, Sundays you would get money. I'm like, oh, yes, <laughs> a dollar. <laughs> Woo! And then you would get money in your hand as a young child and like, no fool, that ain't yours. I said, what do you mean? You just gave me some money. <laughs> this is mine. <laughs> this is mine. And my mom would look at me and say, no, you're going to put that in the offering plate. Yeah. I said, and what is that plate? <laughs> and my mom would slap me on the head and was like. little boy you can put that in an offering plate (laughs) Ah, man that offering plate man used to be an enemy of mine as a little child i know i'm not the only one i'm like i can't stand that offering plate but then as, as, as i got older i began to understand what that was teaching me and that was to give to the lord in all, in all, in all seriousness, that was helping me understand and instilling in what tithing does and the benefits of giving. And Jesus said, "It's better to give than to receive." Yeah. And having a spirit of generosity is where I learned from that as an early child, and then after a while, I didn't. I, after a while, as I got older, I understood it more and I understood the power of what tithing does. My wife and I, even in our, in, in our being married and stuff like that, have seen the benefits of giving yeah. and being generous and tithing. Yes, we do tithe, yes we do give, been tithing into the church since it started. And so we've seen the favor of God, and we're not just saying this, and this is not a manipulation tool, you know, try it for yourself. Prove God as He said, "Hey guy," and you'll see. And you can have the same testimony. Malachi, sorry, Malachi, Malachi said it. So you'll see the same thing. And I believe a lot of times people get held up because you 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 come with this. You hear it all the church wants your money. You, you hear about this. It's not about that. Here's where let's go to Proverbs real quick. Proverbs. 3, verse 9 and 10. Here's what I want to show you. Proverbs 3, 9 and 10. It says, honor the Lord with your possessions and with the first fruits of all your increase. Verse 10, watch this. So your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will overflow with new wine. Plenty and overflow is all I need to see. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> That's why it says, those who trust in the Lord, you will not lack any good thing. There is nothing that you will lack in God when you honor God. And, a, and, and, honoring, and with honoring God, that means honoring God with your possessions. Honoring God. Abraham, he, he separated a tenth and gave it to God. Excuse me, gave it to Melchizedek. That tithe existed way before there was a law. And guess what? Even God himself tithe. Yeah. What do I mean by that? He gave his best. He gave us his best, his only begotten son. Yeah. So you will never, you and I will never out give God That's it. because he's given us his greatest treasure. Hallelujah. And so because of that, because of the grace of God that has been shown and applied to us through his son, we too should have no problem with expressing generosity. That's it. This is not solely about tithing because, but you have to understand it's just not in tithing of your money, which is important, but it's also in tithing of your time. Yes. But we're talking about money for the purpose of this series. And so with tithing your money, there are people who teach in businesses that they give a tenth of their earnings. Every month to charity. That's that's what they see as tithing. But we understand with the biblical understanding, we understand that true tithing is sowing into God's house. That is what true tithing is. Tithing is sowing into the storehouse. That means God's house. And he only requires that you give him a tenth of your possessions not as a way of not as a way of saying i need your money and all no i need to see where your loyalty is i need to see where your heart is is your heart solely is your heart solely on on the money and all of this stuff or is your heart really with me and i'm talking about tithing even when sometimes it seems like god i'm a little tight this month I'm a little tight. I remember there was a story. We had one is that, you know, we tied. We was like, look, should we tie the regular (laughs) amount? We know that the Rick covered up. And um, we did it. And we was like, well, all is well. And then what ended up happening is God just blessed us out of nowhere with something. You know what I'm saying? Like, it was like that. And it was like, oh, we didn't hurt for nothing. You get what I'm saying. I'm telling you is that there are moments when you have to tithe and you got to so stay faithful to it, even when it seems like it's tight. Help us even when you seem like it's tight, because let me tell you something: you've given God an opportunity to, to do what only He can do for you. Even when He to, to really show Him that I trust you, God, I trust you with my I trust you with my possessions, yeah. I trust you with my possessions. And faithfulness will always be rewarded. Let's see what Jesus said in Luke chapter 6, and we got to move. Luke chapter 6, verse 38. It says, give, and it shall be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running, running, running over will be put into your bosom. For with the same measure that you use, it will be measured back to you. With the same measure that you use. So if you're not reaping a harvest, or you reaping scarcely, that means you're going to reap back the measure of what you used. Okay. Give that should be given to you. Yeah. And you know the funny thing—that's just not about money. But the funny thing about the context about this, Vernon, is that it's the previous verse that says, "Judge not." Yeah. Yeah. Let's <laughs> yeah. talk about judgment. Yeah. That's funny. And say, if you don't want that, you better give one to others. What you? What you because if guess what? If you showing nastiness and trying to be all judgmental, guess what? It will be pressed down. Shake it together. It's gonna run over. And it will be put back to you. <laughs> oh, gotta be careful. Yeah. But in the context of money, we're talking about the law of giving. The law of giving is being generous, giving to others. And when we're talking about stewarding your money, it's also when we're talking about giving to others now, Pastor B, are you just telling me to give to everybody that needs something? I'm not saying that. I'm saying you got to be wise with that too. Yeah. Because if you didn't help people multiple times and multiple times and it doesn't seem like they're trying to do All any right. better, then you need to cut off the bank, amen? That's right. Because guess what? Me doing Me doing that for you is now making me not be a good steward. You don't like that, do you? Yeah, you got to give to people, and that's good helping people in need and all that stuff like that. And I don't mind a couple bailouts until your bailouts is starting to cost me. That's that. And for those of you who said, well, Pastor Brandon, I got family members because they know I make all of this money and all this stuff. Same rule applies. Hey. Same rule applies. It don't matter if you got a, well, you got the money. You ain't going to hurt for it. Oh, yes, I am. That's fine. Oh, yes, I am. Are oh, you being selfish? No, I'm not. Because I'm hurting myself because I'm not honoring God the proper way. I'm not stewarding my money Right? Because the truth of the matter is, if I'm giving to you constantly and you've not learned your lesson, you haven't, like, it's one thing to fund somebody until they get on their feet. But if they're never trying to get on their feet and they feel like because of what you're doing, they start getting to this place of enable, that's when the bank has to stop. Because that's when you need to change who you're sowing into so you can sow into somebody else who's going to actually use that money and get themselves on their feet and put themselves in a better position. Not someone who just wants to leech off of you. God is not saying for us to sew to, 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 to help people who just want to keep leeching. No. That's right. It don't work like that. Because no, guess what? After a while, when you, they don't even send you no card. They don't even say thank you. They don't give you no gratitude. And people feel in today's day, they feel so entitled like, no, you got to. You my daddy. You my mama. You got to give me the money. They don't got to do anything after 18. Right. <laughs> Sayonara. I don't got to do anything. People do because they want to, not because they have to. And so you have to steward well, being generous. Because guess what guess what if the shoe was on the other foot, would they help you? That's true. Would they help you? no. No, they would not because as we read earlier, what does it mean for what does it mean for a fool to have money without no wisdom? If they were a fool before, definitely ain't gonna help you now. Right. I'm just saying. Some of y'all need to hear this, and it's the harsh reality. I know that's your son. I know that's your daughter. I know we'll do anything for our children and all of that stuff like that. You know, I know your aunt, your grandma, your grand. But guess what? You need to get to a place where you're putting yourself in a better position, and if they are helping you, you better be returning anything they need from you, anything they need. It should not be an argument. Yeah. It should not be an argument. If you're in a place right now that you need help, it's nothing wrong with asking for help. That's right. But it's a way that there's a way that you have to you have to take the initiative on your end to then take the help that you're getting and and do something with it. Are you get what I'm saying? Yeah. And for those of you who are on the other side, you got to understand that there comes a time where you have to stop enabling and say, "Okay, you got to stand on your two feet." And when the person stands on your two feet, I don't I don't mind going back and helping some more and stuff like that and doing things. But you got to learn how to stand. 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 So I want TCF to be a generous church. We're gonna be doing some giving out giving initiatives this year. I want you guys. I want us to be a generous church. You have to be generous. If we're going to be a generous church, then that means the people got to be generous. Because the church itself don't have no money outside of what the people give. (laughs) The organization itself don't have anything unless the people are generous to give what we have as a together. You get what I'm saying? You always talk about churches ain't doing this, churches ain't doing that. That's because a lot of churches are struggling to stay alive. Amen. Just to let you come in on Sunday. My Jesus. That's all I'm saying. We got to understand that. Lastly, I'm going to talk about this more next week, but I gotta, I'm got going to land here. The law of saving and investing. The law of saving and investing is my last law. You have to understand how to save. Let's go to Proverbs 6. One of my favorite verses. Verse 6 through 8, it reads, Go to the ant, you sluggard. Consider her ways and be wise, which having no captain, overseer, or ruler, provides her supplies in the summer and gathers her food in the harvest. Solomon tells his sons, he said, hey, I want you to consider. Solomon tells us in this verse to consider the ant. Let's use the ant. The ant. We're talking about this, the ants. You and I don't like ants. We don't like them, but let's consider them for a second. The ants, ladies and gentlemen, are hard workers during the summer. Yeah, they, are. they work hard because they know winter is coming. They work hard because they know winter is coming. What am? I, why am I stressing this? Because you gotta the, see. Here's what the ant is doing. The ant is using the summer to store up. That means to save its resources. Because they need enough resources because winter is coming. You don't be seeing ants in the winter. All right? That's not their time. The time is the summer, springtime. You get what I'm saying? He said, listen, ants, they store up their stuff during the summer. And guess what? They don't need nobody telling them. They don't need an overseer. They don't need no ruler. They don't need no pastor. They don't need none of that stuff. They said, listen, we only got this about a time to save this much because if we don't save enough, there's a rainy day that's coming, hint, hit winter. Yeah. That we need to have enough that we are sustained even when we're not, oh my God, even though that is not the season in which we're out. What am I telling us? What I'm telling you is, is that there, you have to have a rainy day fun. Yeah. You have to learn how to save and guess what in putting your money this is where i'm saying investing because your savings account is alone is not working for any of us you don't get anything but you have to save and put it away you got to put some money away just in case a tire car goes down just in case a health emergency just in case life is our winter (laughs) you get what i'm saying you gotta in in our terms you have to understand that we have to understand to take the initiative we don't need nobody we shouldn't need nobody to tell us to do this we better know and use common sense that life happens to all yeah yeah look at the pandemic we didn't know this was coming we didn't see it I mean, I stood on 2020 saying, oh my God, God's about to do the unpredictable, unbelievable, good or bad. And bam, a couple months later, pandemic hits. People losing jobs, people getting furloughed, people getting their pay cuts and all of this stuff. And guess what? Those who knew how to manage when life came rolled it. And they was riding it, and people was riding like, Lord, like listen, everything I reserve who is coming down. But guess what, because they had their reserve, they were able to live. And guess what, and then when it got low, God provided. What I'm trying to tell us is that we have to learn how to save, and I'm gonna be talking about it more next week, and invest. Invest. You have to learn how to invest. Take some time, learn the stock market. Not only the stock market, but mutual funds, bonds. You have to learn whatever works for you. You have to learn this stuff. Because guess what? If you just keep your money. I like back in the day, our grandparents, they had their money in mattresses and all of this stuff. I get it. But that's not the day we live in today. You got to have that thing work for you. You got to have your money work for you. You got to save. You got to be like the slugger. Say, listen. I don't need nobody telling me to do that. I'm going to do it. I'm taking the initiative. I'm going to go out. I'm going to save my money. You get what I'm saying? Because guess what? When you set money aside, saving your money is just not for a rainy day. But if you want to go on a vacation, yeah. come on, somebody. We love vacations around here. Yes, we do. Yeah. The reason why you ain't going on a vacation because you ain't prepared for it. You got to save money for that. You get what I'm saying? You got to save money for vacation. If you want to stay somewhere, come on somebody. You don't want to stay in no raggedy down place, especially not in no pandemic time. You got to stay a place that's sanitized, sanitized, full with the Holy Ghost. (laughs) No diseases in the air. (laughs) You get what I'm saying? Listen, if you never took your family on a vacation, I'm challenging you all this year to save your money. Take your family out. Yeah. If you don't have a family, take yourself out. You can't just do all of this and not have a place to relax. Okay. Are you getting what I'm saying? Yes. Yeah. I'm trying to help somebody. Go and relax. Do something. That's a part of saving and that's when you save your money well and steward your money well, honor God by going and getting rejuvenated. And when you're on vacation, make sure if you're single, talking to my single people, you're not doing anything that's unholy because that's not honoring God. And the church said, "Amen." (laughs) amen. I'm finished. I'm finished. If you don't know Jesus, I'm talking to you, especially those of you out for Valentine's Day. I'm listen. Go out to dinner and don't go to nobody's house or hotel. Go home if you're single. You heard me. And the church said, "Amen." Amen. Listen, if you don't know Jesus, if you don't know Jesus. I give you this opportunity right now. Listen, everything that I just said, God gave us his greatest gift. God is so generous to the point that he gave us his son so that he could redeem us. And right now you do not have to be lost right now. You don't have to live another day without him. I'm saying, give your life to Christ. May he give you the contentment that you're longing for. You will not be content without him. I promise you, you won't. So I thank him right now that today is your day of salvation. Salvation just pretty much means is that you are acknowledging that you're a sinner. I don't care how good you think you are. You're not good in God's eyes until he sees the blood of Jesus, his son applied to your life. You don't have to say, oh, I gotta get my life together before coming to God, that's a lie. He wants you as you are right now, give your life to Him. If you wanna rededicate your life back to Christ, you can do that as well. Say, Pastor B, I drifted off, I wanna come back home. God still has open arms, He has not gone anywhere. He has not gone anywhere. You wanna become a partner of TCF? Listen, you can become a partner right now. I would love to be your pastor. My wife and I would love to lead you and be a part of your family. And you be a part of our family here at tcf most importantly i I'm, want you to be a part of the family of jesus christ so pray this prayer with me say lord jesus come into my heart i acknowledge that i'm a sinner in need of a savior and i ask you right now i acknowledge that you died on the cross that you were buried and that you rose again and that you ascended to the right hand of the father just for me i'm making the decision to repent i'm making the decision to make you my lord today in jesus name Amen. If you said that prayer for the very first time, we believe that you're saved. Come on and give God a praise. You text that number right now. Text the number. Text transform to 9400 right now. Right now, wherever you are, wherever you are, right now, don't wait another minute. Don't wait another second. Today is the day of salvation. Today is the day of salvation. Hallelujah. If today, if you hear God's voice, do not harden your heart like in the rebellion. Come on. Today is your day of salvation. Today is the day of new life. Come on and praise God for the people that text in. Praise God for the people that are making. We thank you for your generosity and for listening to the Get Transformed podcast. And remember, transformation starts here.